0: Today, I'm sitting down with Amar from AdTalk, who specializes in TikTok ad creative as well as TikTok ad media buying. We're going to be talking about how he was able to scale his agency from zero to seven figures in annual recurring revenue in less than six months, and additionally, talking about his creative process, the systems behind AdTalk, as well as all the things that you need to do when it comes down to ad creatives on TikTok. You don't wanna miss this one if you're doing TikTok ads. I'm Nikita from aspectagency.com. Let's get into it. What's going on, Omar? How are you? Been a long time. Been a long time. It's been a a while since we (laughs) agreed to hop on
1: this little podcast here. So yeah, I'm glad that we can make it happen today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So for anyone that does not know Amar, he runs AdTalk. You have a partner, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, So you run AdTalk with your partner. And basically what you guys do is specialize in TikTok creative and TikTok advertising for e-com brands, right?
1: E-com and we've expanded into other niches as well recently. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. So first things first, like how did you even land in TikTok as well as how did you even scale to seven figures ARR in six months? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Long story short. Um, it's not my first agency, right? Ad talk. It may seem like, Oh, this is like a one hit wonder kind of thing. I decided to start an agency and overnight took it to like, you know, seven figures. No, I've had an agency before that. And so did my co-founder, my business partner, Sufyan. So prior to that, I did Facebook ads. I did email marketing. I did Snapchat ads. I dabbled around in the industry and, um, yeah, last year towards the end of last year, I I saw the potential with TikTok for one of our one of our clients, one a former agency, and decided to double down on that because I haven't seen any any big guys promoting it, whether that's on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube, and I knew that was going to become like the next big thing in in terms of social media, and yeah, the timing was right. So I contribute my success mainly. Uh, to do that as well, the timing. Like it was the right timing. I attacked the market. I saw the opportunity and decided to join forces with my business partner. He was mainly a media buyer. That was his main strength. And my strength was more sales, acquisition, marketing. So we both had complementary skill sets. And um, that was one of the, uh, another reason why we were able to make this a success, right? So good timing, the partnership seemed right. And uh, yeah, we had a market on Twitter. So, you know, I had... What fifty followers, hundred like around fifty to hundred followers, I can't remember. Back in February, uh, so did Sofian. So that's uh, all that mixed together exploded, and Ad Talk go to seven
0: figures ARR very quickly. Dude, that's fantastic. I know there's really no such thing as overnight success. And I figured that wasn't the case here either. You know, you can't just land into the agency space and then scale up without basically having no experience or maybe like watching a ad course. So I knew that there was at least years of back-breaking work that was involved in building up, you know, how to craft the offers, how to craft creatives, uh, the operation side of things. Because, you know, when you're talking about a seven-figure agency, there is so much infrastructure that nobody really talks about or nobody really knows about. It's just like, oh, yeah, we can do this. Here's the timeline and that's it. But in order to get to that point, I personally had to go through so much personal growth as well as team growth in order to be able to, you know, sustain the email marketing load that we take on or the, the fast turnaround times that we do. So the follow up question to that is I know that we personally tried to do TikTok ads way back when we were a full funnel agency. And the big thing that kept us away from that was the actual infrastructure, the back and forths with creators and the back and forths with the media buyers. How do you reduce the friction when it comes to like servicing clients? Cause I know that was the big thing that led us out of TikTok.
1: That's a that's a very good question. And this is a question that a lot of beginners Uh, don't think of like they. They kind of think, okay, yeah, let's just get some clients in, and then deal with the service-related stuff later. And frankly, most agency gurus, agency coaches, they only focus on the acquisition side of things, and not really about the service delivery or systems operations. So we knew that from the very beginning that that we need good systems, right? Because with TikTok compared to Facebook, let's say a year ago when you started your own Facebook agency, I had my own Facebook agency, right? Um. I didn't. I just needed a media buyer. That's it. Like a media buyer, perhaps maybe a graphic designer. But back then, the media buyers were a bit more t-shirt. Meaning they had they had the skill set of like graphic design a little bit, and I did some as well. But with TikTok, there's an element of creatives, right? As you know, eighty percent of TikTok success is based on the creative. So if you don't have that element in your agency, um, you're going to have trouble in the market, and you're going to have trouble getting clients. So yeah, we spent a lot of hours, we spent a lot of um a lot of money as well into making that work. We have people in place uh, that are working like clockwork. Perhaps one of them one of the biggest distinguishing uh factors compared to other agencies that are trying to get to seven figures in the TikTok space. I, I believe that's one of our strong suits. Yeah. Side of
0: things. Absolutely. And I've been through those marketing courses with the gurus and everything like that. So I've I've had about five years of experience just going through, you know, those kinds of funnels or those courses. And you are right. A lot of it is dependent on the acquisition side. It's like, oh, you got to do cold email. You got to do content. You got to do this, that. And it's like, all right, cool. I just signed 10 clients, but how do I consistently fulfill for them without breaking um, any of my employees? Or how do I even find good employees that know, understand systems? How do I teach them personal growth, skill set growth, et cetera? And no one really talks about that. Is there anything that you specifically implement within your team to make sure that once you hire them or once they're on your team, like that they're set up for success?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, definitely incentives. But for example, with our media buys, we have spend goals. Like as soon as you take this account at that level of spend, you can take a commission. So they have bonus structures in there. So, you know, one of the ways we we make money from our clients, especially the clients that, that we manage the media buying for uh, we take a percentage of the adsman that we that we manage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do our media buyers. So it's not really exclusive to us as the agency owners, but our media buyers also know that that's one way for them to make more money. So incentives. Uh, another thing would be accountability. So every single day, our team members they report uh, to to us in a, in a Slack channel exactly like two things: productivity and energy. Right? They just give give themselves a rating between one to five, one being you know not much, and five being amazing in terms of productivity and energy so based on these two we can always get back to them be like hey, listen you mentioned yesterday that your energy was like a two like what's wrong can we talk about this so that way we don't just look at their performance when it comes to like the ads that they're managing or the creatives that they're or the briefs that they're writing we also look at them from from like a you know personal side of things as well like okay is everything right going how's everything in terms of your personal life how's everything going in terms of your your motivation, like things like that. I think a lot of agency owners disregard and um yeah, we put a lot of emphasis on that too. Uh, and show uh, our team members that we care about that part too when it comes to um you know team management, etc. So yeah, that's how we how we how we do it. And on top of that, uh we do bi-weekly check-in calls with every single team member. We just uh, have a have a conversation with them. Hey, listen, how's it going? How are you feeling about things? What are, what are certain challenges? What kind of potential we see in them, and what they can, what they can be hitting if they keep following their playbooks or SLPs. So yeah, we have a lot of a uh, lot of systems in place to make sure our team members turn out to be successful.
0: Yeah, that's one hundred percent important. It took me a long time to realize this because again, no one talks about employee wellness in the agency space unless you're talking to the right people. And these people that do work for you, they are just normal people. You know, they have families, they have siblings, they have friends, they do things on the weekends or off work times. So it's very important to make sure, like take into consideration what they do personally. And the weird thing is a couple of years ago, I learned this about myself is like all the personal problems that you have are business problems because, because if you have personal problems, they affect your business. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense for me. But it only took me about in the last six months to realize that the same thing goes for my employees. Since then, since that realization, I started to take more of an accountability role with my team members and seeing like, hey, if you're not feeling up to the task today, like what can we do to make sure that like you're feeling a lot better or like, oh, there's a death in the family. What do you need help with? I'm here for you. Is there anything I can do on my part? Those kinds of things have led to more close relationships with my employees and more friendly relationships to where, you know, I'm not like the boss that tells them what to do. It's more of like a friendly conversation of like, Hey, you know, what's going on? What can we do to make sure that, you know, this doesn't happen again, or what can I do to, to prevent this from happening if it was something bad? Yeah. So I
1: mean, at the end of the day, we're in the people's business, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a big thing. Agencies rely on people and if you don't have the right people, and if the people are not in the right mindset, you're, you're most likely going to fail as, as an agency owner. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now with this whole entire backbone, structure, systems, the people, et cetera. When it comes down to the clients, you said that you're, again, like you're mainly working with e-com clients, but at the same time, you're opening up the doors for other clients. What does the entire, I guess, fulfillment process look like on your end? Like from, let's say someone, you just closed the sale, Stripe payment came through. What do you do then from there on out?
1: Assuming they just, they come in for media buying and TikTok ads, right? Because we offer both of them separately as well. Um,
0: What's the difference actually? Is it media okay. buying for TikTok or Facebook? Or- media buying for, for
1: TikTok. So so basically um, the way it would work is, okay, as soon as a client would come in, right? pays Pays the invoice, they go through an onboarding call. And on the onboarding call, we just present our, our ways of doing things in terms of the way we communicate, the way we write the briefs, pick the, the creators, et cetera. We just give them an overview of the entire process, like a roadmap, essentially, right? And then after that, once we do that, uh, we make them fill out a form and, and then everything in terms of their target customers, everything in terms of their the existing database of customers. We just take in as much information as possible just to give get get and understanding ourselves of exactly who we're dealing with. So once we do that, we pass it on to our creative team and our creative team passes it to our creative coordinator who does the sourcing for the creators. So he goes and does all the sourcing. Um, we use different tools for sourcing. We have like a system in place right now. I've done like a thread on that on on Twitter uh, a couple of weeks ago, but. We use TikTok, we use um, platforms like Billow and, you know, all these other platforms that host influencers and then we manually reach out to these influencers. Or if we already have existing creators in the database, we tap into our existing database of 500 to 600 creators, right? So we handpick creators and then present those creators to our clients. So we pick around like 10 creators out of which the clients get to choose anywhere between like three to five right so once they do that we create the briefs the creative briefs the scripts for the ads we create around like 15 unique concepts get the green light for that and then we send it or like give it to the creators the clients send the items or products or whatever it is to the creators and they get to shoot that it takes about like three to five days and once the raw assets come back in our editors turn that into uh, testable assets we basically create 15 initial assets and out of those 15 we create up to 60 and sometimes even 90 uh, assets out of which uh around like 30 of them get get tested with, uh, with the ads. So the process takes around like two to three weeks for us to get the initial creatives in. Once the initial creatives are in, we run the ads. Yeah. A lot of moving parts there. <laughs>
0: That's yeah. the thing. I remember like way back in the agency, like we, we still didn't know exactly what we were doing. We were doing full funnel, obviously like Facebook, Google, TikTok, trying TikTok, email, etc. And I remember one of our clients mentioned like, Hey, can you provide us UGC creatives? And we're like, yeah, for sure. How hard can it be? So we set that up. And like you mentioned, like if you don't have the clear outline or the clear objectives in the briefs, great creators, or a, a, at least a good pool of creators, you don't really have that much control over the process. And that's the thing that I like about what you said is like, you have almost full control of the process. You know, which creators are going to, you also have in-house editors instead of relying on how the creators cut it themselves, because then, you know, they can shoot 10 minutes of raw content and you can have 60 to 90 videos with you know, five different hooks or five different um, testimonial lines, what have you. There's a lot of combinations that you can work out there. The biggest concern that I noticed when I was doing UGC without like the pool of creators that are already verified by us was a lot of the creators that we use from like Billow or those other services they tended to ghost us with the product. So how do you prevent that on your end? Because I know it's, yeah. it's not a big issue, but it's definitely a mm-hmm. more of a client relationship issue of like how, yeah. break that down for me.
1: Yeah, that's actually a very common issue. Like and we've experienced that a lot at the very beginning. We didn't have the systems in place and we had client we had creators scamming us and you know, delays and you know, this wording, that wording and holidays like it's 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 annoying. Like it's hard to explain that to the clients, right? Because it's something that we cannot control, but at the same time it's still our fault because, you know, it's our responsibility to make sure that that we have the creators on time, et cetera. Uh, one of the easiest ways to, to fix that would be to have a contract in place, right? Contract with terms and have penalties for delays, right? Penalties for delays. So if they don't, if they don't deliver the creatives on a set date for every single day after that, like we'll remove a certain amount from the fixed fee that we've agreed on. So that's one way to do it. Another way to make sure that nothing would come up in terms of a birthday or party or wedding, we just ask them, hey, listen, are you free the next two to three weeks? And can you guarantee us to, you know, deliver these creatives? So we kind of pre qualify them and, and, and their workload, um, up, you know, at the very beginning as well. And the final thing would be for us to have backup creators source as well. So that's the reason why we have 10 creators that we present to our clients. They get to pick three to five, but they still have like other four to six or seven left that they can tap into anytime there's, there's, there's an issue with the creators. So we move very very quickly when it comes to you know replacements and stuff.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's the big thing that we lacked in because we mainly use Billow for the UGC, so it was very hard for us to find those backup creators. And with the whole process that Billow uses, it's very difficult to navigate around certain issues like that. So when it comes to managing these kinds of creators, do you use a specific like CRM or mm-hmm. do you just have like a spreadsheet that you reach out to them via email? How does that work? Yeah,
1: yeah, good question. We actually we have actually developed something uh something interesting uh, recently called the Creator Hub, and this might come, this might become a public thing very soon. But the way we used to do it in the past is we had we used Basecamp. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Basecamp, um, but Basecamp is where we housed all our creators in a different folders for each client for for them to go through and approve of all that sort of stuff. And it was fine, but at the same time, it wasn't very systemized because we still had a separate database on our Monday. You know, and it, too many moving parts. So we recently decided to to just have one main database that would be the ClickUp, and then build a community. Of of our top performing creators called the Creator Hub. Right. So that's something that's that's housed in Discord with different channels, internal training videos for the creators. So anytime there's a gig that we have, we just post it in there and then they get to bid in the Discord channel for that specific task. So that way it just creates this competition and we can weed out the best of them as well. So it's 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 been working really well. Um and we only it's it's very exclusive for the top performing creators, right? So like we don't have a lot of critics in there for like 50, 60 right now. So but yeah, we're looking to take that to the next level very, very soon and maybe. Um, turn that into like a paid kind of service for agencies or brand owners. It's, it's an interesting concept to say the least.
0: I think it's going to be a valuable downsell or just a value add to what you're currently either offering or, you know, let's say you are in a sales call and they're looking for creators, but at the same time, they think they, you never know with companies that you work with. Sometimes they already have internal marketing teams and maybe they don't need a specific agency. They just need like that one part from your service. So this could be a fantastic downsell for like, hey, hundred bucks a month, you can join our community and bid on specific creators or set up specific briefs for creators if you want us to edit the videos we can do that but if you just need the creators here's access to the community and you can work with them through the community yeah definitely
1: we were thinking of doing that too, like downsell it uh to, to certain clients or even past clients but um again there's, there's a lot that goes on to make it successful right we, we intend to have like have an actual community build not just like a place just throw in a job post and then you know, let them fight for it. No, we want, we want them to support each other, create like, have like weekly webinars and things like that. But it's very hard to cultivate that sort of community, especially with creators that don't really know each other and stuff, right? Because we're not creators ourselves. We just manage the creators. So we're thinking of perhaps taking one of our best creators and, and hire her as a full time creator hub management person or something like that. But yeah, still a work in progress.
0: Yeah. You got the right foundation set up, which is having the creators and that's all that really matters. Now, when it comes down to the creatives themselves, like you mentioned earlier, creatives are 80% of the ad or 80% of the performance when it comes to TikTok. Hook is obviously the most important part because that's what gets them to watch the video. What's like a winning ad formula? And you can't say that all of them are winning, but what have you noticed over the next or over the last couple of months leading into Black Friday, Cyber Monday and the holidays is a creative type that seems to be knocking out of the park for all your clients.
1: I know you don't like this answer, but it depends. It depends on the product. It depends on the service. It depends on the niche. So there are so many moving parts because if there was one way to do it, then, you know, we'd obviously sell that to everyone and it'll be easy for us to get results for everyone because we've tested at this point like thousands of ads, right? Thousands of creators written thousands of briefs. Um, so it really does depend on, on a lot of these different factors. But I would say the most important thing, the thing that we've noticed as the perform the best on TikTok are creatives that are built like ads, to say the least. Have a call to action. So basically, a hook, a demo, call to action, that structure. For some reason, there's this this notion like going around on, on tiktok like oh don't create not tiktok on twitter don't create ads create tiktoks i mean <laughs> i get it i understand like what what were you trying to say with that um you don't want to spam the users but at the same time direct response is always going to win like the the structure of or, or the frameworks for direct response is never going to fail and we've seen that with, with a lot of our clients I all mean, right yes if you want to win in the organic world posting on tiktok and you know, posting on social media to get sales organically i would understand that like clearly the best performing creators would be the trendy ones you know the ones that don't really appear like ads but that's very that's top of funnel right that's top of funnel in the in, if you look at this from a holistic perspective right um in marketing but with ads you need to be very direct you need to lead the users through the process like hey essentially you're interested in this click on this link to learn more and then you take them onto the website and everything post click is again Based on 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 how the website's built or how the landing page is built, but the more the key objective is to always drive an action unless you're running awareness campaigns, which we do not do.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. There's a reason why. I got it right here. I'm reading through it. There's a reason why this book is the all-time best book for copywriting angles, creatives, etc. Because direct response is still working. Like you can say whatever you want. You can dress it up in any fashion. Direct response is still going to keep killing it. And while yes, it makes sense to make TikToks for ads instead of t- like ads themselves it's good for top of funnel, but for the most part, that's not going to get the sale. It's good to get them into, you know, your retargeting pixel or your retargeting audiences, then they get served the ads. And that's what actually makes the sale for the most part. Going to wrap this up here shortly. But before that, let's say a brand is getting into TikTok advertising, or just getting into TikTok in general, what would you say are like the three highest leverage actions that a brand can make right now to have success on TikTok, aside from working with ad talk?
1: The three most important, like invest in a lot of creatives, okay? I don't care if you're going to work with us, if you're going to work with another agency, just, just invest in creatives. So build an internal team. Creatives are going to be the most important thing, especially right now for Q4, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. You're going to have different offers, different angles, Christmas, right? So creatives is the most important thing. So figure that one out. Like Have a process at least uh, for the creatives and have volume for the creatives. Another thing, with the media buying, don't be too complicated with it. Like broad does work like the way TikTok's algorithm is built is that it's it really depends on the creatives like the creatives actually do the targeting for you right based on the engagement that you'll see on the platform That's mainly how TikTok media buying would work. And also try value optimization. That's that's something that's that's working really well for us. That's in terms of media buying. The third thing, landing pages. That's something that we recently introduced and it's been crushing it. Like landing pages, you know, we could could have our own agency for that. TikTok specific landing pages. If there's an agency owner there wants to start uh, an agency, like consider that. It's it's something that, that that a lot of brand owners are looking for, right, especially right now. Uh unique landers with like UGC geared towards like a TikTok audience. Invest in that, that's gonna increase your conversion rate by rate by tenfold. And yeah, that would be pretty much it. Like creatives, focus a lot on creatives. Uh media buying, keep it broad, keep it simple. And landing pages. Have TikTok specific landers in your funnel.
0: Dude, absolutely killer. I mean, all three of those points are fantastic and what most people don't understand is that it's not the ad that gets the the buy, it's the landing page. That's I'd seen I think that's the most important one of all because the ad sells the click and the click gets yeah. the buy. So if you don't have contextual advertising that connects with what your your ad represents, then there's really no point. The customer will feel disconnected, click out and not buy. There's a reason why I don't know if you're familiar with Google ads. Is What was it like the optimization score or the quality mm. score? You know, if you don't have a consistent ad or search ad with the landing page, then they're really, what is it called? They're going to knock you down in uh, in results. So yep. all good things. Walmart, appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you? Twitter. That's
1: the best place
0: right now. I actually have a YouTube
1: channel as well, uh, which I've recently launched, but Twitter is the main platform. So if you have any questions, you can always DM me on Twitter or you can tag me anywhere. Yeah, that's the that's the best place to find me.
0: Gotcha. And did you ever come out with that program? I know we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, so basically we're in, we're
1: in the beta right now. We have one-on-one students, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to come out in a... In in a week or two yeah
0: got it you want to put that out there so that way once this launches it's already live we can just cut yeah. it into uh into the video
1: yeah yeah so basically if you if you're currently making maybe like 5 to 10k a month and and want to build a successful a uh, tiktok ad slash ubc agency making 50k a month to 100k a month just like the way we've done it i want the all the systems all the processes from acquisition to operations all of it um we have a, a program for that so it's a lengthy program um a lot of stuff in there to to implement from everything that we've spent over the last six and a half months or even before that like we spent thousands in, in like different consultants services and countless hours into making it work. So we just packaged, packaged it into one course. Um, that's that also has a group coaching element to it. It's going to be very, very exclusive to say the least. <laughs> well,
0: that's fantastic, man. Really appreciate you having on. Thanks for taking the time and uh, I'll see you again on another one of these. Hey. Appreciate you having me here for sure, man. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks again for watching. And if you're brand new to the channel, be sure to subscribe so that you're caught up on all all the latest email and marketing training. If you liked the video, hit the like button and drop a comment on what your favorite part of the video was. And if you're a D2C or an e-commerce brand with an email list of at least 10,000 subscribers, make sure to click the link below the video and book a call with me and my team. We work with all kinds of e-com and D 2 C brands and help them scale their email revenue by at least 30% month over month. So click the link below. We'll hop on a call, look over your account, compile a strategy and create a plan of action on how to raise your email revenue. After the call, you'll have the option to use the strategy yourself with your own team or you can choose to work with us all up to you It's completely free no obligation. So click the link below book in the call. And if you have a list size smaller than 10,000, keep watching the videos and you'll get a lot of value and learn how to increase your list size as well as generate more revenue from email for your store. With that being said, I'll see you guys in the next video.